Welcome back to The Flow Show. I'm Joanna Turner, Intuitive Business Mentor. And today's episode, a little bit different, but it has been inspired, ironically, by Apple Podcasts announcing that they will now be providing transcriptions for podcasts. That is something that normally the podcast uh, host would create um, or have a system or someone create for them. But Apple Podcasts have decided for the purposes of inclusion to have that as an option, which is great. However, my lovely Scottish voice doesn't always transcribe very well. And so I'm putting this out there as a bit of a, a pre-apology pre slash caveat slash a uh, little bit of education about how we use information and how we understand information. So. In the past, I've obviously used transcription services for transcribing courses and uh, all sorts of different things and uh, even meditations, things like that, that you might just want to have in a different format. And they often come up with some really weird and wonderful things for me with my Scottish voice. And often it is not what I said that gets written on the paper. It is their interpretation of it. So I wanted to talk about that in a sort of more general context uh, and talk to you about the NLP model of communication, as it's called. So this model really describes how we uh, experience information and then what we make it mean and how we process it in our brains and then the outcome that we get from that. It's also might be known as delete, distort and generalize or just DDG and NLP. So I know that is a lot of um, acronyms. NLP, if you're not familiar, is Neuro Linguistic Programming. And it's really just a study which was quite profound for me in my early days of and years of coaching. And it has continued to be probably one of my most used tools in my uh, coaching and healing work. It's really the neuro is obviously brain, linguistic is words or language, and programming is obviously how it's then um, uh, created in our brain and the uh, the impact it has. So there's uh, so we'll talk a bit about that and how we can change the way we think about things and why we often get into arguments with people, why we feel sometimes misunderstood or they um, feel like they're not getting us or vice versa, or you feel like you say, I communicated that, and the person is like, no, you didn't, I didn't hear that. You know, it can happen so often, we can get really caught in the crossfires of miscommunication. And so this can be a brilliant tool. And I, I use NLP a lot. I also love combining it with other modalities, like the Akashic Records. And I want to get into that in, um, in the next episode, we're going to do a whole episode on what that is, how it works um, and and I love combining the two. So let's dive in with an example. So um, when I was uh, in Peru many moons ago, this was I think 2006 or seven, on one of my spiritual quests, before I even knew I was on a spiritual quest, I went down to Peru with a good friend of mine, Jasmine, and we hiked the Inca Trail and then went on a wonderful uh, journey 
through the jungle. We went to Lake Titicaca and uh, yeah, we just had a really beautiful experience. But it was in the, I think it was the Sacred Valley this is many, many moons ago. And I remember we had stopped our minibus and we were standing at the side of the road and I was, Jasmine and I were part of a larger group. I can't remember what the group was. I've done so many tours with different um, companies. I've done lots with Intrepid Travel and um, Gap Adventures. And I can't remember. I feel like we were with a different tour company in Peru. But anyway, it was an organized tour. There were maybe 12, 16 of us with a few guides. And we were standing at the side of the road looking at condors swooping in the valley and it was really quite magical and majestic and I looked over at the far side of the the valley and noticed something and I said out loud <laughs> to, to whoever was nearby me wow look at all the faces that's crazy and this Canadian girl looked at me and was like what are you talking about that's disgusting what are you even talking about and I looked at her and I was like, what do you mean? Can't you see them? The eyes, the nose, the mouths? I can see so many faces on the mountain. And she was like, oh, I thought you said faces. <laughs> right? So she's obviously heard what she heard, uh, made it mean something, and then <laughs> decided that I was strange, weird, whatever, uh, talking about faces or poop, uh, when really I was talking about faces, noses, mouths, and the rest. So very quickly, that was us standing next to each other. So it wasn't over text or email or podcast or any other um, you know, form of communication. We were actually right next to each other. And luckily, we were able to clear that up. But you can see how so quickly things can be taken out of context um, and uh, conclusions drawn where there really shouldn't be any conclusions to be made. So um, I also don't think I have the strongest Scottish accent, but uh, especially because we, uh, we come from a certain area and then I don't really sound like I'm from this area. And then... Um, having lived overseas and done so much traveling over the years, I think I have maybe slowed down, maybe spoken a little more clearly to be understood by my international colleagues. Uh, so hopefully you can understand me and it, it's not too difficult, but uh, I'm not going to apologize for my accent. I've also been randomly accused on the interwebs of faking a Scottish accent, which I think is hilarious. Um, if I was going to fake it, it'd be a lot stronger, you know, uh, something more out of Brave or Shrek or something like that. But anyway, this is my real Scottish accent. And uh, funnily enough, it also seems to get stronger the more time I spend with family and friends in Scotland, as you might imagine. So this is this is my voice. Um, and yeah, I have a few other funny examples of that. I remember another time being in uh, being in America. We were in, I think it was New York. I used to live in Bermuda and I played tag rugby and was involved in the organization of 
as women going on tour and playing tag rugby, sometimes accidentally contact rugby <laughs> uh, in in the US and we went on our and uh, Canada and we did some really cool tours to I think we went to Washington and New York and Montreal and I don't know where else anyway they were always great fun great weekends and we were probably a little bit hungover I remember being we were in a McDonald's or something like that and I wanted my Big Mac meal or whatever I was having I don't remember that part but I also wanted a fruit cup uh so if you didn't understand what that meant i wanted a little plastic cup filled with fruit and uh, i thought that was quite clear and i said you know i ordered my whatever it was probably a big mac meal with diet coke 20 years ago and and a fruit cup and she just went she just looked at me and went what i was like a fruit cup uh and she just could not understand i must have said it seven times and she just looked at me blankly and went we don't have any and I went okay I paid for my meal I went and sat down two minutes later my American friend Amy came and sat down next to me with her food and she had whatever she had or I don't know chicken sandwich or whatever it was and uh, she also had a fruit cup and I was like what how the heck did you manage to get that and she's like I don't know I just asked for it I was like, what did you ask for? She said, I asked for a fruit cup. I was like, oh my God. Anyway, so it was just the accent. The girl could just not figure out what I wanted. And uh, and that's okay. But it, again, it just comes down to this, um, uh, how are you being understood? And what, what I'm asking for, I think it's very clear. I think I'm saying the thing clearly and she just could not understand me. So it happens all the time in in different contexts. And they're just... To two of the examples I can think of. And if you want a real laugh, um, there, you know, when I'm on, um, this isn't a real laugh, but it also happens if, you know, when you phone up telephone banking or to speak to uh, anybody on the phone and they say, can you state, say out loud your account number? And I go, zero three two one whatever and they go we didn't catch that can you repeat it and I repeat it and they go I'm sorry we didn't catch that what can we help you with today can you say bank statements credit card whatever and I go bank statements and they go I'm sorry we didn't catch that can you repeat it and I'm like oh shoot me now and it's so frustrating and uh just unbelievable and hope I just usually have to just hang on until the last minute um and hopefully speak to somebody or or whatever so these kind of situations can just be unbelievably frustrating and there's a hilarious skit and it's two Scottish men in a lift trying to get to floor 11 and if you put into YouTube uh listen to the rest of this podcast then go to YouTube and type in um Scottish men lift and the number 11 and uh, you'll see what I mean about the frustration of trying to be understood uh, with our with our Scottish accent. So anyway, I'm not apologising. It's not the worst thing in the world, but it's just it can be quite funny. And especially over a medium like a podcast, it will, could obviously throw up something. So let's talk about um, NLP communication model, distort, delete and generalise. So. What happens is 
obviously there is an external event. That external event could be anything, having a communication, an email, seeing something on TV, could be absolutely anything. And then you're going to basically filter it through your body, your brain, and it's going to go through a number of checks. So I like to think of them as, you know, filters. We're obviously now very well aware of what uh, an Instagram filter can do. You know, it can distort your face. It can give you makeup. It can delete your spots, right? It can generalize your skin tone and make it all even and fabulous. And um, so obviously we sort of understand filters in that way. But what if your brain is filtering absolutely everything? So they often joke that there are three sides to the truth. You know, yours, mine, and what really happened, <laughs> right? Because um, the way I experienced this exact same event is going to be different to the person next to me. And that's going to be different to the person next to them based on how they filter that information into their bodies. And their filters are going to be based on their assumptions, their beliefs, your past experience, your traumas, all those kind of things um, create your filters and create the lens through which you see the world. Ideally, we would love those to be rose-colored glasses, right? So we see everything as happy and we're, we're, you know, we're not making um, dramas or stories that don't need to be there about things or we're making things seem great. But oftentimes, sadly, more often than not, we are not wearing pink ones, we're maybe wearing green ones or blue ones. And often that um, information can cause us a negative outcome. And obviously, we don't want that. So whether that is falling out with a friend or your partner, ending up in a divorce, because you're obviously having completely, you know, you might be having the same conversation, but the person isn't hearing you in the way that you would like them to or understanding so once it's going once the information goes through your filters so through your values your beliefs all that kind of stuff then the way your brain stores that information is this thing we're going to talk about the distortion the deletion and the generalization so we get so much information bombarded at us right unbelievable amounts of information so whether you're just walking down the street and it is car number plates and the weather and you know what we saw on the tv and how we um you know just there's just a lot of information out there and obviously we are bombarded with even more on the internet with um you know if you're scrolling on things you, you you're consuming more information again this is a great example i don't know what the percentage is often my brain is very good at taking in a lot of information and generalizing my understanding of it without having to hold on to all of the specifics of say a stat or a ratio or something like that and my ratio I like in my brain I've gone that was a big number but I don't know what the number was my brain decided to just generalize that data into large so as I could keep that information but not store it specifically so for instance I think we get more information in one day through the internet the tv and things like that than somebody back in the 1900s would have got in their whole lives 
something like that. And maybe we intake a billion pieces of information a day. I don't know if that number's right, but it's a lot, right? We know we, we, we take in a lot of information and obviously our brains cannot hold on to all of the information we consume. So our brains delete some of it, which is normal, right? I don't need to know every car registration plate that I saw while I was out walking the dog this morning. It's not important. My brain has deleted that information. I might remember I saw a white car and a blue one, but unless I really specifically, you know, I saw something happen, I wanted to remember that car number plate, I'm not going to remember it, okay? So obviously, distort or deleting, sorry, information is the first sensible thing to do. We can understand that. But often that means um, somebody might find something not important, delete it. And then you have the argument, right? You're like, honey, I told you about the party on the weekend. And he goes, what party? You didn't tell me about a party. And you're like, I definitely told you about the party, right? But at the time when you're having the conversation to him, it wasn't important. Maybe he was focused on something else or thinking about something else um, and just didn't, that information did not uh, actually enter his brain and stay in his brain, okay? I'm sure we can all um, identify with cases where that's happened. So the deletion, right? That's pretty, um, pretty clear. But also interestingly, while I'm talking, it just, it's just coming through is when we are going to, um, be in a traumatic situation, something like a car crash, your brain, again, will use the ability to delete information as self-preservation. So often when people are in an accident and maybe they wake up a few days later, they say, oh, the last thing I remember is leaving the house or something like that. Or the last thing I remember was driving onto the roundabout and then I don't remember anything else. So that ability to delete information is also um, really good for us sometimes if it feels like too much for the brain to be able to process at the time it will just shut down and remove that memory often another thing is people can feel like they don't remember anything from their childhood um, which is often a sign of trauma and again that can be the brain just shutting down and not feeling like you can process or have the ability to uh, cope with the memories or remembering that. So that can be another way that the brain deletes information. Um, another thing, and often when you are going through a healing process and you take layers off and you heal layers and you heal th different things around it, sometimes these memories can surface when it is safe and you have the ability uh, to do so and to heal and to process them. Um, another way we delete information is, oh my goodness, it just escaped my brain. <laughs> How ironic. Um, oh yeah, that's what I was going to say. So sometimes when our we remember the information and we don't delete it when it is particularly, it can be particularly good or particularly bad, um, or um, uh, it, it, we can remember something specifically when it is a trauma. So it's, we don't always completely delete it or forget it. Sometimes we specifically remember it. So for instance, which I don't recommend trying to speak to, years ago I tried to have a conversation with my parents around um, 
they just don't understand me they don't understand my journey or whatever which is fine I'm not no I understand that I don't need them to that was maybe earlier in my journey I would have loved them to understand where I'm coming from and I remember trying to describe the process of childhood trauma to them and how it worked and how instances can have an impact on your life and your beliefs and you know values and outcomes and things and when I would share something even if it wasn't like a big deal it's usually my mum goes that didn't happen I don't remember that you're making it up you're lying <laughs> and uh, I'm definitely not you know so if there was something that, like and often when these things happen you remember them so clearly so vividly because my filter um, made it mean something um, and got upset or triggered or traumatized by the event and the person doing the thing doesn't even remember because it wasn't important to them it didn't seem like a big deal um, or whatever and they the other party just doesn't remember so they don't think it happened so I'm just thinking of one example just to give you an example would be I remember I was 15 I was going to my first disco I had been getting ready and I came out wearing a little denim skirt and a stripy t-shirt and probably some cream chunky palladiums I think I had on uh, I don't know if you remember those things so uh, I came out and you know first disco age 15 my mum looked me up and down and went oh I've seen you look better uh, which is obviously not what you want to hear as a 15 year old going to your first disco um, and my mum would swear on her life that that just didn't happen she didn't say it that's not how it went down um, and she would just tell me I was lying and that that wasn't the case right so I remember it really clearly I obviously remember exactly what I was wearing and it obviously had an impact on my little 15 year old psyche and you know of course nothing nothing has changed <laughs> in our relationship since then so um anyway that's just how I remember it very clearly and my mum doesn't remember it at all so she has deleted that event from her mind because it wasn't significant to her and she probably meant it <laughs> and maybe I had looked better before but anyway you still want to hear that you look nice um anyway that's just one example so that was deletion I think we, we get that distortion um would be that example the faces the pieces right um I said one thing I meant one thing and through her listening and understanding I had said something completely and utterly different now the distortion obviously can be based on accents like we've talked about but it can also be influenced by our traumas our experiences our beliefs our attitudes so even if for instance I will probably use the word God on this podcast regularly and for some people just saying that word will you will shut down you associate it with uh, religious stuff being in the church um, possible you know religious persecution I don't know what you're going to associate that with sometimes people have positive experience of that word sometimes it's negative some people don't believe in God some people believe in Allah or Buddha or uh, or something completely different maybe they have a spiritual definition they prefer to use the divine feminine the you know the uh, spirit whatever so 
even just that one word, my understanding of it, my uh, the context I speak about it in, my um, my experience as a child with religion, all of that goes into that one word, right? And I could be meaning something totally different from how you experience that word. It's not bad, it's not wrong, it's just how our brains operate. And so when I use that word at any time in the podcast, feel free to substitute whatever your understanding or meaning of a higher power is, a positive higher power. So it's just so loaded and it's just one of those words. It's a great example of, you know, saying one thing and somebody using all of their different understandings, beliefs, traumas associated with it and making it mean something else. Right. So I find I find that one um, quite interesting. I also had somebody say to me and years ago, see, I remember this. I can't remember who the person was. I don't actually think it was a client, like a paying client. It was just somebody who had been listening to some of my free content, like a podcast. I didn't have a podcast back in the day, but I used to run loads of webinars and free challenges and things like that. And um, this person commented under one of my lives that I used to, I used to do quite a lot of Facebook lives and periscopes back in the day. And she said, you told me to quit my job. And I thought, and I said, no, I didn't. <laughs> I would never tell anybody to quit their job. That's not up to me. That's not my role as uh, a coach or whatever I do. That's not up to me as um, something to tell you to do. Um, and I'm very clear that I would never tell somebody to quit a job, leave a husband or any of those types of things, right? We can examine the consequences of the decision to go or to stay, but I would never tell anyone to quit their job. So um, the... So <laughs> um, anyway, so I definitely didn't say that and I would never be able to find anywhere in my free content, certainly, um, telling anybody to do that. But whatever I had said to her in her brain, she said, whatever I was saying, her brain said, you need to quit your job, right? Maybe I said, follow your dreams. Maybe I said, stop living in fear. Maybe I said, uh, you know, what, when are you going to, uh, you know, follow that intuitive nudge that you've had that's been, um, you know, keeps coming to you, right? So whatever I said to her or said on this free live stream, I don't think she was a paying client, she translated in her brain to, I need to quit my job, <laughs> right? So we've got to just be so clear that, um, like, what, what you, what actually happened and how you have um, taken on that information. And the whole point of this podcast is that you do hopefully um, make changes and be happier and understand yourself better and live a better life, right? Like, you know, the, the intention is good and maybe quitting a job at some point will be part of that, who knows? Um, but whatever story, if I tell a story, a personal story, it's not really about my personal story. It's about your brain, your reticular activating system, finding the story within you that uh, is the same as my story, right? So when I mentioned that about my mum, it's possible that you've had criticism from somebody in the past. Maybe it was a mum, a dad, a teacher, a friend, a boyfriend, somebody who has said something to you and 
you heard it and the meaning that you took from that um, created uh, a story and an event and it might have had knock-on effects in your life as well. So it's, um, it's just important to understand um, also why I tell the stories. It's not for me to tell you my story, but it's for you to understand the context or the or to have an example of what that might look like in your life, right? Uh, one moment. A beautiful new cacao that I ordered and I'm just enjoying it. So uh, we've talked about um, deletion and distortion and um, I might have some more examples pop into my brain. But anyway, that was that was what I was thinking. So, oh, yes, the other thing. Uh, oh, yes, yeah, so we're going to talk about the last one, which is generalization. So I've mentioned that briefly, how I generalize stats in my head, right? Really big number, a lot of people, many years, <laughs> right? Um, and often um, I don't quite get them right, but I know the gist of what it was trying to tell me and my brain understands the concept and has obviously decided that I don't need the precise numbers to know that it was really big or really small or whatever. Uh, obviously, if I'm going to share stats on the podcast, I will try and uh, confirm them for you because some people love that type of detail. Some people thrive on it. Some people need it. And that's great. It's just um, I, I enjoy listening to it and I enjoy while I'm um, studying these things, but it goes straight out of my brain afterwards. A little bit like cramming for <laughs> exams, right? Like, you know, the details for like those four hours and then it's poof gone into the into the ethers your brain goes yeah probably I'm not going to need to store that information anymore um and <laughs> I don't know what exactly I did retain from my four-year honors degree in accounting but anyway doesn't matter probably not okay so generalization is often based on assumptions so if you'll know somebody is generalizing when they say you always do this you always say that people always do everybody hates me everybody thinks i'm stupid or whatever so it's those really big sweeping statements that you know somebody has made a generalization so uh, somebody might forget to put the bin out once um, or maybe they've done it twice and the the story that you create in your brain is you never put the bin out. You always forget to put the bin out, right? And that poor person has actually put the bin out, you know, 50 times this year, right? Once a week, but they forgot to do it twice and now you're saying they always forget to put the bin out, right? So it can be um, as simple as that, but you've just got to be careful about the level to which you're generalizing um, and making up stories about things. So um, another example that I remember from back in the day when I used to work um, in an accounting firm, I had moved to Australia and at the time, again, funnily enough, everybody <laughs> was telling me uh, how difficult it was. So when I moved to Australia, let's see, it was 20... 11 yeah towards the end of 2011 I think and you know back in the day it used to be really easy for as I was then a chartered accountant and in the past they would have 
recruited me from overseas they would have paid for my flights they would have um you know paid for taking my furniture over to australia if i had any um and they would have basically repatriated me to there give me a job give me a visa and everything would have been nicely organized a little bit like how i originally moved to bermuda and um that was pretty easy it was all organized but when i was going to australia times had changed right years had passed and that just wasn't the case anymore it was a lot more competitive and um it was just a lot harder to get visas and everybody uh many people several people <laughs> i don't know three people <laughs> right said to me it's really hard to get a visa you won't get a sponsor and i thought in my head yeah right uh watch me <laughs> try stopping me right so i wasn't luckily taking on everybody else's projections or opinions or beliefs about um how difficult it was going to be to get a job and to be sponsored in that role to stay in australia so anyway i got a job in and i had when i was living in bermuda i had worked for kpmg and then i moved into and i specialized in insurance because Bermuda is uh, a big international insurance hub uh, for big, big insurance companies. And I had specialized in that when I worked for KPMG. And then I had left KPMG and worked for a reinsurance company uh, for four years. So reinsurance companies, random side note, insure insurance companies. <laughs> right? So they are because you're like, OK, who insures the insurer? The reinsurer insures an insurer. Anyway, we digress. But I had I was obviously quite specialised in insurance accounting. And when I went to Australia, I found a job in uh, an insurance company, unsurprisingly. So um, I only worked there temporarily at first because it was on a working holiday visa. I think at the time I could work. <gasps> I might get this wrong, guys. It was. I think six months was the maximum you could work in any one job on a working holiday visa. And then after that, they need the company needed to sponsor you. So I was working for this insurance company. I'd gone in, made a pretty good impression. And um, I was looking to be sponsored by them. And they had to sack somebody else uh, who ended up at a better job anyway. And then they made me uh i didn't know they were going to sack her to give me the job but anyway that's just how it all worked out and i had to interview for the role that i had sort of been doing for the last six months anyway um anyway part of that process quite quickly once i had been in the company was doing something that was absolutely terrifying to me and that was a 360 degree review now if you've ever worked in corporate you would be used to um probably an annual review from your manager you have to fill out or well, at least in my roles you have to fill out this big document what have you done where do you think you can do better what you know blah blah where do you want to be in five years this kind of stuff and um, it's normally with your direct manager and you go in and have a chat and everything's fine that's it and off you go uh, but this they wanted me to do a 360 degree review which was terrifying because i'd only been in the role i think at that point less than six months so they kind of wanted to know i guess before they tried to give me this job what was going on so um it involved me 
basically reaching out to all stakeholders that I had to deal with within that role as a group accountant. So that included my direct managers, my manager's managers, my peers, so my colleagues, like the people that were at the same level as me that I worked with every day. Uh, it involved my clients. So within, I was a group accountant, so the clients that I had were the, uh, and I over the years managed the Asia Pacific region, Europe, Bermuda, uh, and I think that was it at the time. And um, I used to do sort of consolidation work and bring all the stuff together and I did a lot of their reporting and things like that anyway fun times but so I had to reach out to the those people so the CFOs and uh of uh the company the Bermuda leg which was based in Ireland ironically anyway and then all these other people in the company and I'd only been there say at that point four months or something and um Anyway, so I had to go on to this and get all of these people's opinion. Oh my God, this was excruciating. This was also before I had really started to wake up or had been on kind of, well, I maybe had little glimpses of my journey, but I really was not particularly self-aware. Um, anyway, I had a really good feedback. I'd gone in, smashed this job out of the park and uh, everyone was very complimentary said wonderful things you know some people said I was like really confident great at my job efficient um knowledgeable all this kind of stuff it was lovely very friendly easy to work with all this good stuff it was glowing this 360 degree review one person one manager made one little comment out of you know she'd probably written three paragraphs about how wonderful I was and there was one little one sentence within this whole review that said Joanna could work on her confidence levels. I don't remember any other specific things anyone said. I've generalized all of the rest of it into it was positive, but that one piece of somebody saying I could be more confident really bothered me, <laughs> right? And so then I generalized the whole experience into me being criticized for not being confident enough. And that was all I heard that was all I remember and it really bothered me um now looking back I think I was so bothered because I think the person that gave me that piece of feedback was actually probably projecting their own insecurities on me but that's another story anyway um, <laughs> but that is a complete uh I've probably distorted that I've probably deleted I deleted most of the positive stuff out of that and I generalized it to be all bad and it really wasn't but that was just how my brain coped with that information right not very positively right and ultimately if I do feel confident why am I bothered by her, com her comment and you know why was I so fixated on it it was just really interesting to me looking back to see how I handled that situation anyway as excruciating as it was they gave me the job thankfully and I was there for another three years or something anyway so what's the point of all that right so the point is uh once we've done that to our to the information and we've created our own context through our filters and through all this stuff 
we are making it mean something, right? So I'm taking all this information in and I've made it mean something. Uh, whatever I've made it mean. Did it mean I wasn't good enough at my job because she thought I needed to be more confident? Did it mean what else did it what else did I make that mean in the context of my life and in um and then in the greater, you know, context of uh how I relate to people or how I behave in future. So obviously if I have taken that one little comment about needing to be more confident and it makes me feel bad, wrong, not good enough, um, or whatever story I made that to mean, that is then going to affect the state that I show up in. Has it actually ironically knocked my confidence, right? So it's going to then affect how I feel, uh, what I believe, am I not so happy, am I angry, am I frustrated, am I bitter, am I whatever, right? And then that feeling that I have then generated based on all of my filters and it was that little comment about my um, my confidence really because my mum had criticised me when I was 15, right? Was that really the problem rather than this lady saying I needed to be more confident, right? So through all my filtering system, through the way I handle information, that has then impacted my feeling, my state, my emotions, my mood. And then as a result, it's also and my psychology, my physiology as well, right? So it has a physical impact on me and my body. And then that is going to impact my behavior. So I've taken in the information, processed it through my, my brain, processed it through my body, and then output is my behavior. So does that mean I show up more confidently in the office or does that mean I'm just pissed off and don't really like that person anymore or um, does my rebel side kick in and then I really don't want to do x y and z I don't know but what happens from that uh, creates your your behavior and then that goes out obviously and in turn creates other stories that we tell ourselves in the world so uh, for instance you could have um be meeting a friend for coffee and they are late maybe they're half an hour late and you sit there right I'm sure we've all had to do this at some point and initially you don't mind that's okay maybe they can't find a parking spot maybe they're stuck in traffic maybe uh then you think oh god I hope they haven't had an accident should I message them <laughs> right and the time is like ticking on and then, um, and then if you were waiting on a date or somebody like that, then you're like, they don't, maybe they don't like me. Maybe they're standing me up. Maybe they've never liked me. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe they saw me if it was a date. Maybe they walked past and thought, oh God, I'm not, I don't, I don't like them. Right. So our brains start absolutely running wild with the information and, um, making up this big story, making up, um, distorting the information that you have which is not a lot you're they're just late right so we've made up this whole thing and then maybe somebody has stood us up before so now we think that everybody uh stands us up or nobody respects my time right those big generalizing sweeping words and uh and we create this big story for ourselves and then maybe we think we're we're not worthy of people showing up on time or whatever anyway 
we can create, we can quite wildly <laughs> create stories and blow situations out of proportion very easily with zero information and really no context apart from the story that we're telling ourselves about it. Then obviously you might stand up, walk out, be pissed off when they arrive, um, flee or whatever, right? So your behavior is then going to be impacted ultimately by the story and by this information that we have or have not told ourselves. Now, ultimately, we can't control what anybody else thinks about us. We can't control anybody else's actions. We can have boundaries and, you know, say, hey, if you're going to be late, can you let me know? You know, I don't like sitting waiting or whatever that story is, we can we can have a control over it. But if we have totally blown it out of proportion um, and created this big other story, then obviously that might not serve us in the long term. We might lose a friend, a colleague, partner, whatever. So we've just got to be very careful about how we frame the information that we're receiving and making sure that whatever the story I've told is indeed the case. Is it that they don't respect my time? Is it that, you know, they had a flat tire? Is it that their phone died? Is it that whatever, right? So we've just got to be very careful about how we're communicating, what we're taking in, how we're perceiving it, how we're interpreting that information. Um, and then obviously, based on all that is how we get the outcome. So uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that and talk a little bit about um, how we can maybe create a more rose-coloured spectacle situation in our own life um, by not reacting so much to what other people think, what they, they say. Ultimately, you know, it, what other people think of us is none of our business, right? We can only the only person that's really allowing myself to be criticized is me. If I believe in myself and love myself and know I'm confident and believe in, in myself and all of those things, ultimately somebody else's reaction to me shouldn't affect me. Obviously we're human, these things happen, but as we um, grow and become adults and, um, and, you know, become, you know, in more in charge right we're, we're not necessarily uh responsible for the things that have happened to us but we are responsible to how we move forward and to how we let that impact the rest of our lives and so this is really about um creating or being aware of these filters being aware of our communication and then being aware of the stories we're telling ourselves what other people are saying and then adapting our communication in alignment with with those things and understanding also understanding somebody else's filter and their perspective and how what you said might have you know hurt them or whatever when they run it through their filter of the world so just having a little bit more awareness of that and how it can affect us um let me know if that was useful or if you've experienced that yourself you know you think you're being super duper clear you think you know one thing and then you find out that it's um somebody has totally said something else or different and it usually obviously there people can do things maliciously but usually these things happen very innocently um you know that's not the intention but that is how it's 
taken and that is how it's um, created. So we do have control over these stories, the way we think, the way we speak to ourselves, and uh, we can choose a better way. We can choose not to take it personally. We can choose not to let um, somebody affect our day. You know, for instance, if we are driving and somebody cuts us up in traffic, right? You know, people can let that spiral, right? Why did he do that to me? You know, did he not see me? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you can go down this whole road rage, angry thing, let it bother you all day or whatever. Or you can let them go, <laughs> be like, okay, you're clearly having a bad day. Um, and, you know, continue on to your destination safely and, you know, without ruining the rest of your day just because something happened to you. So anyway, I hope that was useful. It was a bit of a random one. It came sort of out of nowhere while I was meditating this morning. So I hope you enjoy. Let me know. And uh, as always, we would really appreciate any follows, subscriptions, reviews, very much in particular. Uh, and if you share this podcast, please let me know if you share it on your stories or anything. I would love that. And um, I will see you in the next episode. We're going to be talking about the Akashic Records. Take care. <laughs>